Welcome everyone to the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast, episode 142, and today you'll be hearing part one, or in this case, phase one, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe Roundtable with my special guests Adam Waldron and Bill Lyons. Today we'll be talking the early days of the MCU, Iron Man, Hulk, uh, which a lot of people forget the Incredible Hulk was in the MCU, Thor, Captain America, and several of the other early movies in the MCU. But before we get to that, I have to tell you about our proud sponsor, Audible. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash nerdcave. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. Sitting here at the round table with my two very special guests, sitting directly across from me, Mr. Bill Lyons. How are you, sir? Doing well. I'm glad we got to assemble today. And sitting to my left for the sweet 16th time, yeah. Mr. Adam Waldron. How are you? In Italy, this is the Ivy anniversary, so I bought you a, a, a plant for sweet. your room. Sweet. We'll put it right in the middle of the table once I yeah. move the recorder. I'm hoping it's going to grow on the walls and look like Wrigley Field. Is that a real thing, an Ivy anniversary? Uh, according to uh, to Google in Italy, it's the Ivy oh. anniversary. Well, so. if it's on the internet, it has to be true. Yeah, yeah. So we're here to talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, something that's been uh, around for a little while. Next year will actually be the 10-year anniversary Man, they've turned the whole out universe. a ton of content in 10 years. Oh, yeah, between the movies, the Netflix shows. Let's look at what DC's been doing. Oh. Ooh, never, never mind. mind. <laughs> that they've tried to do. So I wanted to start off by asking, you know, Iron Man came out. That was the movie that started this whole thing back in 2008. We didn't really know what was going to come of it. I was not a huge Iron Man fan growing up, but I thought Robert Downey Jr. would be great in the role. You know, what were your thoughts on the movie and also the fact that we found out during the post credit scene, which has kind of become a Marvel tradition, that this is like the jump start to a bigger picture. Well, I remember seeing the movie, and uh, a lot like you, well, because I, I never grew up watching very many or reading very many comic books, you know, I'd watch the Batman shows and, you know, everything on cartoons. Um, so I didn't really, it wasn't really too familiar. So it was just going and seeing like another adventure movie you know uh but it was really good i thought robert downey jr did a great job um the dude was in it which was always i mean jeff bridges under the whole brandy yeah. thing you know just build me a huge suit of armor. yeah, yeah. It, it it actually it was a fun movie i think it's one of the, the the better um uh marvel movies uh but then yeah you get to the end and it's like i i don't know if post-credit scenes were really big before that but it was like hey make sure you stay and you're like what do you mean stay they're like well they're gonna put something after the credits and you're like why <laughs> like, they're like just just stay and then you sit there and you're like oh samuel l jackson spoiler by the way if no one has seen iron man 
if you haven't seen Iron Man, why are you listening we, to we this should, podcast? We, yeah. sh- we should say now there there will be spoilers probably all the way up to the new Guardians. Yeah, so if yeah. you have if you haven't seen the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie, recommend you go watch that and then come back and listen we'll to give, the podcast. We'll give a Guardians alert. Yeah. Um, but you know, you get to the end and you're like, oh wow. Like you said, this is all of a sudden this went from a cool little movie, oh, are they gonna make another Iron Man movie? Like this was hopefully did well, you know, type thing to is there like a plan? Like, is, are they like planning out a decade worth of movies? I think at that point they had a vague, they had their vague phase three plan, but it was a experiment. They weren't sure if it was going to work. Favreau knocked it out of the park. And up to that point, Robert Downey Jr. wasn't doing anything. The The one movie I think about him in besides the MCU stuff is a movie called Lovers and Friends that has like Alec Baldwin in it and Robert plays a like scam artist to get girls like a ski instructor but he pretends to be um German so he's like oh yeah you, you know very, you want to go th- down the slopes you know and, and he not but he knocks the role out of the park and it translated very well to Tony Stark believe it or not like he he knocked Tony Stark out of the park and has been I can't picture anyone else in that role and he has been i think the glue that really has held the mcu together and you know what i don't mind the paychecks he gets if that's what it takes yeah u.s marshals is the one that i always (laughs) the horrific yeah is it a sequel yeah i think it was the sequel to the fugitive i think you're right i think it's like a it's like a spin-off but it it was a bad movie not nearly as good as the fugitive I always thought of Robert Downey Jr. as, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the movie with him and Val Kilmer, directed by Shane Black, called Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah, that's the other one, yeah. That was the one, and of course Shane Black came back and did Iron Man 3, which a lot of people were excited about. That's why that movie sucked. Whoa! I'll actually say... as bad as 2. I liked 3. 2 is better. I liked 3 much better. 2 is better than 3? Really? Why do you say that? Yep. Mainly because of the whole Mandarin thing. First of all, the, the CG that did upset the, a lot. Of the, the CGI in three wasn't on par with one and two. Are you serious? I'm very serious. The, the suit CGI was not on par. It looked like a cartoon. I'll give you the Mandarin thing, even though like because I wasn't a huge Iron Man fan growing up. So the whole Mandarin thing didn't really upset me like it did a lot of people. Nah, I, I, I thought it was a crazy twist, but. I like that they kind of hinted that the real Mandarin is still out there. I think if they ever make a fourth Iron Man, that's the route they should go down. But I, I don't know if that's going to happen. We're we're not going to get that far, especially with Infinity Wars Part One and Two in the pipeline already. Like that's you're talking another two to three years of not maybe not production, but of movies coming out. Yeah, and you know those guys are getting old. Like I guess my thing about. Iron Man 2's Iron Man 2 seemed to be like all over the place. You had what Whiplash? Mm-hmm. That was interesting, you know. And then on top of that, then you've got what the uh, the the rival arms company dude. Bring my boy. And then you've got Tony Stark, who's you know got his whole deal going on, and that you have all this stuff, and it's like, and we're gonna th- connect it here, here, and here, and go get it. You know, it's funny. It's, Iron Man Two was actually on FX today. Was it? Yeah. I, it's. I mean, and it, Iron Man I don't Three know. wasn't. Iron Man <laughs> Three, I thought was a better composited movie um, yeah. than Iron Man Two. 
Iron Man 2 has some issues. Going, going back to the post-credit thing, post-credit scenes had been around, but they weren't really... Like, Marvel made them relevant. They made them like you have to stay through the whole credits to watch the movie. Even non-MCU movies now, people don't mm-hmm. take the chance. And you know we're seasoned. We we know when there's going to be something at the end or not. And it's just hilarious when you're leaving just a regular movie and you see people just like still glued to the screen. Mm-hmm. And in a way, that's good because it gets them to read the below the line people, which I think is important as you know an aspiring filmmaker. You it's you know it's nice to give those people recognition. You know, but in terms of just trying to find more content, it's like that's Slayers. This is like I the one I like is that we're sitting in a Marvel movie and someone gets up as soon as it's over and walks out. I'm like, like, Are you new? Dude, we've been doing this for (laughs) ten years now. Like sit your ass back down. Yeah. (laughs) Finish your popcorn. You know, because we know you got some left in there. Go ahead and finish off the bag. No one finishes that bucket, sir. No. No, nope. no one finishes off the 2017 popcorn bucket. No one. Does. <laughs> it's funny. The first uh, post-credit scene I ever remember was not from a live-action movie. Did you guys ever see the Aladdin sequel, The Return of Jafar? Yes, once I believe. I've never owned it though. I've only ever owned one and three. There was a post-credit scene after that, and that was my introduction to your stuff happening after the credits. And like you said, with not just with Marvel, but now other non-Marvel movies do it. And it's funny because I always check every movie I go to to see if there's going to be a post-credit yeah. scene. And even friends of mine who will go to a movie, they'll text me and say, hey, is there a post-credit scene after this movie? And I'm just, usually I'm like, nah, don't worry about it. But then if, I, if there is, I'm like, yeah, you need to stay. I know the new what, uh, King Kong. Oh, that was so good. Did you ever see that? I didn't see the new King Kong. Oh, it was so I, good. I actually really liked it. Yeah. That's what I'm going to get when it comes out on mm-hmm. Blu-ray. I feel like I'm a purist when it comes to King Kong that I can only watch the 19... Was it 39? You weren't a fan of the Peter Jackson remake? Oh, Let's not even go there. <laughs> now, what I am interested in seeing... I would... I, Bill, is, I, would, I would sit there and I would actually implore you to go see it because the cinematography is really good in it. Mm-hmm. And I do like John Goodman. And yeah, John Goodman's great. Samuel L. Jackson, like there's a lot of good characters in there and, um, you know, built around in and just like Godzilla was, they, they did a, a really good job of of building that monster movie within an actual movie that could stand alone on, yeah, but its, Godzilla on itself. Was bad. Yeah, Godzilla wasn't bad. But what I, what I was going to say was what I'm they looking bait and switch. What, on us, yeah. So. What, I'm, what I'm looking forward to is a Godzilla v King Kong, which I feel like is what they're leading up to. Yeah, well, you should sit around after the credits and find out. <laughs> there's uh, there's hints of things to come. Fair but, enough. But the last, I'll, I'll see King Kong when it comes out of Blockbuster. You know, there's still Blockbusters in Alaska. Just reminds me of the so South about Park the Marvel episode. Cinematic Universe. <laughs> Anyone's so ever seen that? Sorry, la- last South thing Park I'll episode. say about <laughs> Iron Man. I actually had that post credit scene spoiled for me. Like I was they were like, Oh, uh Samuel L. Jackson appears as Nick Fury and he introduces the Avenger initiative and I'm like, Well, thank you, assholes. But it's still I you know, I told everybody that I went with because I had a group of like eight or nine people that we went and saw the movie and I'm like, We need to stay after the credits and they're like, Why? So I'm like, Trust me, just you won't regret it and they're like, No, really, what happens? I'm not gonna tell you what happens. Just stay and watch the credit scene. And then, of course, they were happy that, that I didn't tell them. Um, going through the Phase 1 movies, because um, you know Kevin Feige, the head of Marvel Films, 
said all these um, these phases would be set into motion, and they've actually not really deviated from any of them. What's interesting about the phases, real quick, is I don't remember. I think it was the Stan Lee documentary on Netflix where, and this was done a while ago, like several, several years ago, he's on the red carpet doing an interview and he's talking about all these movies that are coming out and he mentions Ant-Man. He's, he actually says like, "In Ant-Man, can you believe Ant-Man? I'm like, Jesus, they already had Ant-Man planned back then? Christ. I remember when Age of Ultron came out, the filmmakers or whatever said that they didn't really deviate from the original plan that it happened when they planned it out, you know, years and years prior. Uh, going through the phase one, we have Iron Man one, obviously after that, a lot of people forget this was in the Marvel cinematic universe, but the incredible Hulk, right? I do Edward forget Norton. a lot. What did you guys think of that one? I don't, I think I've seen pieces of it, but every Hulk movie has kind of been a letdown. To some extent, I think it was probably better than the first one where he was just oh, yeah. a giant thing and not the Hulk. Mm-hmm. So that's something. That movie was so bad. This is the one with Edward Norton, right? Correct. Right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a terrible movie. It, almost to Bill's point, I don't really remember anything. I might have seen it once. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Probably on TV. Um, I put it in that same category, and I know this is getting off, off track, but as like Green Lantern. Like I don't think I've seen Green Lantern all the way through. That's probably but a it's good in thing. That, to me, in that like same kind of just a weird. <laughs> I'm gonna let it lay. I'm gonna let it lay. It's fine. I'm gonna let it lay. What, did you like Green Lantern? I like God. I, I like this is the worst podcast about I've the liked, Marvel. I liked Ryan Reynolds as Hal Jordan. Yes. The, did you like his CG suit? The I thought it was fine. I think the creators ruined that character. But Ryan Reynolds, I would love to see him as Hal Jordan yeah. again, done done correctly. Adam can attest to this. That does have one of my favorite movie quotes of all time <laughs> that I use on a regular basis. When Which uh, brings us back to the Marvel Cinematic yes. Universe. <laughs> so you know the scene when uh, Hal Jordan like has the girl in his apartment or whatever, and he's leaving. He's like, oh, uh, you know, I've got to go, but there's water in the tap. <laughs> yeah. And walks out. <laughs> so whenever whenever people come over, I'm like, yeah, there's water in the tap. If you want anything to drink. Well done. Uh, next, Iron Man 2. We kind of touched on it. Uh, I personally, that's one of my least favorite movies in the MCU. It was just kind of I meh. like War Machine coming in to play. That was awesome. Finally seeing By the War way, Machine. I do like Don Cheadle as War Machine. It's me. Yeah. I'm here. Get over it. Move on. Yeah. I thought it was funny that <laughs> Terrence Howard's Rhodey the last time we saw him was when he looked at the Iron Man suit and said, next time, and walked away. <laughs> like, nope. 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 Not for you, sir. <laughs> nope. Uh, Thor. I enjoyed oh, Thor. Thor, one of my favorite uh, Marvel I, movies. I enjoyed Thor a lot. I love seeing the Destroyer. Natalie Portman, we've said many times on these podcasts, she's fantastic. I really do. I am upset that she's not in this third one. I think that was the only Marvel movie I've actually seen in IMAX 3D. We were just talking off podcast that 3D hurts my eyes. I can't really watch them. But I went to that one, and it looked like a comic book, mm-hmm. especially in Asgard. Like it, They did really well with the CGI. It looked like a comic book, all the landscapes. I really enjoyed that. Well, I think you definitely saw the bridge between like that like mm-hmm. celestial world and then Earth. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I, it was kind of a cool storyline, and 
Anthony Hopkins. I I will say that like that scene where what is it? It's Anthony Hopkins and he's basically stripping down Thor of all of his stuff. So it emotional. Is such mm-hmm. a good scene. Like yeah. one of my favorite scenes. But um, yeah, I cast mean, you out. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the whole thing. I'm a big Thor fan. I I I like the the colors and the you know hopping to the different worlds and stuff like that. Well, it's almost, and I think, you know, this is something that a lot of people criticize about the Marvel Cinematic Universe is that a lot of people are like, oh, it's just a bunch of superhero movies. It's not necessarily the case because, yeah, you could say Iron Man is a superhero movie. Spider-Man, when it comes out, will be like a superhero movie. But Thor is almost like a more of a fantasy, mm-hmm. in my opinion, than a superhero. And also introduced Loki, who I think has still been the best at least on the movie screen, best Marvel villain yeah. played by Tom Hiddleston. That's the one thing about Ragnarok I'm not looking forward to because it's like, oh, Loki is there again because it's Loki, I guess, whatever. Well, you had to bring him back, though. Hopefully, from from the one shot we have of him in the newest trailer before Guardians, I'm hoping that's a redemption scene. It looks like he's marching towards to defend Asgard or something. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that's something cool to pay off because he's not really supposed to be a evil character he's just supposed to literally be mischievous and yeah and get on thor's nuts and yeah he's mischievous as jim carrey found out in the mask <sighs> chick chicky boom chick chicky boom chick chicky boom shut the door shut the window i, I don't, don't care. care uh captain america and yeah. liked it okay enough not a fan of Captain America? I'm not a fan of Captain America, period. He is Marvel's Superman. Just in my so you're opinion, not a fan of the character. Yeah. And just in my opinion, boring. Just boring as all hell. The only time I enjoyed Cap as a character was in the Civil War books. He was a badass in that story, which we'll get to Civil War later. I will sit there and say I think the problem to for me and Captain America is this is like zippity doodah, like old timey, oh yeah, let's you know. Red, white, and blue. Well, that's how it's, you know, that's how it's but, supposed but, to be. But yeah. With that, though, I think you lose so much character depth and struggle and all that stuff because he is so like, ah, oh, by the book, I'm going to do this. Here we go. Let's go. Well, Come on, team. It, and it's just, I don't know. I And then let's be honest. The I would say the largest miss in the Marvel Cinematic Universe to me, Bucky effing Barnes. We'll we'll touch on that more in, when we get to Civil War, but it was um, Cap the first Avenger was okay. Um, I put Thor above it, but it's not Cap the first Avenger isn't my least favorite by any stretch of the no. imagination. Especially me not being a Cap fan, I bought Cap and Thor on special. You know they made it into the DVD collection. I bought them on special, and I haven't regretted it. Every now and then I'll go back and watch Cap. It's you know, it's, yeah, it's decent. With the Captain America, the first movie, I felt like it was a story that they had to tell. Yeah. I did sure. enjoy the World War II type setting, even though I've seen movies that portray that Hey, better. you know, DC enjoyed it so much, they're going to make their own World War One version. I have high hopes for Wonder Woman. And I, I do I, have I, high I, hopes. I think it'll be But good. I am sitting there saying, ha, huh, feel like I've seen this before. But I digress. This is the... Praise Marvel <laughs> slash Bash DC Roundtable. Shit, guys, will, that, that last one didn't go well. Just watch the old movies and just make the same thing, but in our characters. Take Marvel Phase 1, 
just duplicate it. We'll replace Captain America with Wonder Woman. Guys, we'll all we'll all go over to Zach's house. You know, we'll sit down <laughs> with our little with our little notebooks. We'll get some popcorn, maybe some some Cheetos, some of the big cheese balls, and we'll we'll just go through the the, the Phase One movies, and we'll, we'll we'll get DC back on track. I will always defend Batfleck. Always. No, I actually, I I liked I liked Affleck. He was Batman. the highlight. Even but killed people. Yeah, I, I thought I thought Captain America one was okay. I liked you know Winter Soldier much better. You know I've never w- seen Winter, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier actually, like Winter Soldier was really good, mm-hmm. and that's what kind of gave me some some you know faith back into Captain America because I mean I didn't mind First Avenger. It just I don't know it it, it didn't you know I. It was all right, but uh, the the Winter Soldier was a really good movie. That's what I'm told that it's one of the best yeah. ones. And obviously, going into Ultron, I'm missing things because Winter Soldier yeah. set up Ultron, but I never saw it because I'm like, it's Captain America. I'm not going to the theater, and I just I never owned it. I never had an opportunity to watch it. So eventually, I'll, I'll check it out. You know, and just to put it under and my Winter belt. Soldier was so good they decided to remake it and call it Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> Bucky, Bucky, buddy, <laughs> Bucky. Yeah. Why are you all evil? I'm gonna turn on my friends for Bucky because <laughs> I love Bucky. Hell Hydra, uh, just make out already, Jesus. Which apparently he's not brainwashed. I guess whatever. I guess not. Before we continue this fantastic roundtable, I have to remind you that for you, the listeners of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. Audible is offering a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash nerdcave. And they have a ton of books to choose from, over 180,000 of them. They have Star Wars, they have fiction, nonfiction, romance, mystery, science fiction. Not just books for nerds, but anybody who loves to read. They have everything. Audible has everything for every type of reader. And if you're always on the go like I am, Audible is an awesome service. And you can check it out for free. And if you don't like it, you can cancel your subscription and you get to keep the book. The book is free. That's my favorite four-letter word, free. But to do that, go to audibletrial.com slash nerdcave. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash nerdcave for your free audiobook. The Avengers. Phase one (sighs) led into this. This was big One when it of, came out because it was, at least to my knowledge, the first superhero team up. It it fights for Iron Man and Avengers fight for first and second spot for me when it comes to MCU flicks. Avengers was just so well put together for how much crap they had to throw into that plot. It was really weaved well and it was fun from start to finish. You know, you got it started a little slow. But, I mean, you had to introduce all the characters again. Like, oh, this is what Iron Man's doing. This is what Thor's doing, you know, and bring it back to Earth. No, I thought it was I, still one of my favorite Marvel movies. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah. Better than Ultron, in my opinion. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, it is. And, you know, I think it saw um, enough of, like, internal struggle, uh, overcoming those things. You, you kind of had all the characters. You, you picked up right where you left them off. Um, so I thought it was really well made, um, really cool in fight scene. I mean that, you know, the crescendo of the movie. I got that reference. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> was, uh, was, that, that was shot really of cool. the four of, or all of them together and the, like kind the of circles yeah. them around. Like, yeah, yeah, that's that, such was, a sweet shot. Yeah. It's yeah. iconic. 
and just seeing you know all of them come together and they're all kind of you know they're doing their own well, thing but they're doing it for a central purpose and was Tying this the Legolas. first time you saw um hulk again or yeah did yeah. he appear mm-hmm. no that was the first that Right well, or did he appear in something else? Oh, you, know what? you got me thinking the, now. The Mark Ruffalo Hulk, did Ooh, not which appear. I really like, yes, by the way. He did not appear until the Avengers. Yeah, you know, I thought he did a great job. Yeah. Well, that's my secret, Captain. I'm I always angry. angry. Yeah. Then he goes, then he goes and Hulk like, is a terrible character anyway, but like, see, and whatever. I will say, I think they do perfect by him, and he just sprinkle him in. Yeah, that's. Fine. I don't think Pull he needs in. his own. Movie. I love as much as I did not like Ultron that much. I loved Hulkbuster scene. Oh my oh, god! Yeah, yeah that was loved awesome. Hulkbuster. Now we just need Thorbuster and Phoenix Buster, and we're there. The, my favorite scene, I think, in the Avengers was when Loki was just mouthing off at the Hulk, and he just grabs him and oh, <laughs> such a good scene. Yeah, and he's just laying there like. Oh. <laughs> It was puny so god, puny god. Uh, Avengers, like that was that was just a culmination of everything, and that was like one of the most fun it, times I've ever had in a theater. Hugest payoff for for Disney and Marvel that movie. Oh, for sure. Hugest payoff. See, that came out wow, twenty twelve. Yeah, hmm. feels old. like feels like much longer. That was yeah five years ago. Mm-hmm. That's crazy, almost to the day. Really? Yes, yeah, we're doing this. What is May eighth? It, it came out May 9th? May fourth. May fourth. You want to know Star Wars Day? Me and Travis went and saw that that night. Stayed up all night at um, uh, Steak and Shake. Oh, was that L- that? Yeah, that's and, the story. And, yeah, and his his wife ended up calling my fiance at the time because they were really concerned why we hadn't come home yet. And literally, we we went and saw Avengers, just me and him, and then went to Steak and Shake for like four hours. Avengers is actually special. Because that was back when they were still doing movie releases and you had to go at midnight. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to say. That mark, you know. Avengers is special to me for, for that reason, too, is that marked kind of the end of midnights, um, not just locally either. You know, locally, we it might not still have been the rave then. but It was still the rave. It, it yeah. was still, okay, so we still had the rave. And at TBS Comics, we had kind of, we knew all the managers there. So usually for big releases, we would get our own private theater for midnight showings and it was amazing you know you create all these awesome memories for these big movies but avengers was one of the last ones we ever got to do because the management was changing the theater was changing and they were starting to change just not doing it in general because now you go at 7 30 or 10 30 or whatever it is and and that's that because they don't i think it's because they don't want to pay their employees that shift if right yeah i don't know but the the funny thing about that is we didn't get tickets Cause like I said, it was just me and Travis. We didn't get tickets for the midnight showing. We got tickets for the two thirty a.m. showing. Oh, balls! That's how wow. many showings of that film they had. Yeah, I remember they would do like the twelve, the twelve oh five, like twelve forty five, then one. And, I, and I they remember would do going. A, they would do at least half the house. And yeah. I remember getting off of work because I was an intern at the Wahoos, mm-hmm. and I remember going by the theater to get us tickets, and it was literally. Like they were sitting there, like, well, hold on, we're we're about to add five more showings, and I was like, good God, because all the other ones were sold out, and that's mm-hmm. when they added the the two fifteen, two thirty, and like a two forty five, and we went to the two thirty, and we got out at like I don't know four or five in the morning, <laughs> then went and watched the sunrise at Steak and Shake. 
Not a terrible That's place romantic. to watch the sunrise. Yeah, yeah. I went home, slept, and went worse. <laughs> I don't think I saw the Avengers at midnight, but I think that same year was not to keep going back to DC, but The Dark Knight Rises. <sighs> that was, I think, the last uh, midnight showing that I went to because that was when that the, was one sho- of the last ones. Yeah, that was when the shooting happened. Remember in Colorado? I thought that was at, yeah at the midnight showing. I saw that in North Knight Carolina. Rises. Was it Rises or just Dark Knight? It was Rises. Was it Rises? Dark Knight, Rises Dark Knight says, came out in 2008, yeah. okay. and Rises came out in 2012. Yeah, because I saw Dark Knight Rises in North Carolina on vacation. Yeah. I remember waking up and being like, oh my God, there was a shooting. Yeah, because I still lived in Jay at that point. Yeah. So I didn't get home till like 3.30 or 4 in the morning, and then you know woke up the next day and read the whole story about the shooting. I'm like, oh, well, I may not be going to any more midnight releases, which I, I think the way they do it now is so much better. Yeah, well, you know, you, you like a 7 o'clock showing on Thursdays. On Thursday, yeah. It's, I mean, what does it matter? Like, what does midnight really matter, you know? Yeah. What is time? Yeah, well, that's a discussion for another podcast. What is it? Get me on the Interstellar podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking over, yeah. guys. <laughs> Uh, moving on to Phase 2, uh, we've briefly talked about it, uh, Iron Man 3. That came out in 2013. I just started working for the Wahoos at that point. Keep mm-hmm. it there. <laughs> I, I liked it Iron a Man bad 3. movie. No, I, I actually, I like, it, it, it had some cool parts. It, it did suffer from, I'll say, like, Dark Knight Rises syndrome where he wasn't in the suit yeah. for the majority of the movie, you know? The scenes with him and the kid, I thought, were kind of yeah. cool. But other than that, it was like the something that I think is a consistent theme with the Marvel movies. They don't really have great villains. No. There's only been a handful. I'm hoping that Thanos changes that. Well, I think the the good thing about Thanos is that we've seen so much of him now to this point, and I think that's why Loki was uh, successful, is because we knew Loki coming in there. We already had uh, okay. This guy is a little. You know, unstable. So, so it helped us accept him as as the villain. Whereas, you know, a lot of the times you have to sit there and you, all right, why does this guy not like these guys, or why is this guy a bad guy? You know, and it's like, all right, you're t- you already got this massive movie, and now you've got to take the first quarter of it and explain to the audience why they're a bad guy, while having all these other superheroes in there and telling their own story. I think with Ultron, that was where we tripped and fell a little bit is you didn't really ever get Ultron's gist until well into the movie. And Ultron was, was a total uh, bro though. Yeah. Ultron was a bro. O- my, Ultron my, was a big miss for me because you had, you had so much James potential. Spader who can, I felt was perfect to play Ultron. I was so excited to see James Spader play Ultron and it just, they made him too comedic. I didn't fear him. Like I, thought i would and yeah. that's my problem with thanos is he's up to this point even through guardians 2 he's been so dramatically played down like you have the nova core just like yeah the titan thanos and you have you know in volume two for guardians you got nebula saying like oh i'm gonna go beat up dad like you and thankfully they had gomorrah go you can't just fucking go beat up dad that's not a thing that happens yeah you know maybe they're planning when he gets the infinity gauntlet to be even more so but i just feel like he's been so super played down that 
the audience does not fear him enough yet. But I think I think with that though, I feel like that's that would be his character in a way. Like he's just sitting up there, and even in even in uh, Guardians, the first Guardians, when when um, I can't remember the bad guy, the the Kree guy, oh uh, Ronan, uh, Ronan. Yeah. When Ronan gets gets the stuff, and Thanos is just kind of like, listen here, little punk, <laughs> like. If I really wanted to come off my little floating throne chair, like I, w- I will wreck some shit yeah. up, but I'm not going to get down here because it's not time yet, you know, type thing. So I feel like this impending of this, like, all right, this, you're right. He is a tight, all right, something's coming and it's not going to be very good. And by keeping him almost tamed in a way, when you let him off the leash, I think it's going to be very powerful. Well, we haven't seen him since. Um, what movie was it that had the post-credit scene of him actually getting the glove? It doesn't have the stones in it, but he said, "If you want something done, you got to do it yourself." Has he gotten the glove yet? He has the yeah. glove. Yes. It wasn't Ant Man? Was it? It has been. I haven't seen Ant Man either. It, it may have been Ant Man. It was. What was it? Let me Google it. Yeah. It has to be Ant Man. I, I, I think it's Ant. I don't remember them in in any other one, unless it was Winter Soldier. I don't think it was Winter Soldier. Was it Civil War, was it? No. No, Civil War, the post credit scene was the the spider signal. Oh, yeah. And I, it had to have been before that, because I'm Thanos looking at the... Thanos glove scene. Yeah, it wasn't Doctor oh, Strange. Oh, is that the end of Age of Ultron? Was okay. It? Yeah. I think Thanos is going to be awesome. I hope so. I have I have really high hopes for that villain. They need They need a really good villain. He is Marvel's dark side. Yes. So it's it's got to pay off. Yeah. Let's see. Next movie. I actually, this is the only Marvel Cinematic movie I have not seen yet. Thor The Dark World. Oh, it was weird. It was weird, but I liked it. Well, you guys talk about that. I'll be right back. I like Dark World. I saw it on the plane on the way to um, London. Um, the matter thing, the red matter thing was yeah. so weird. It was weird. Yeah, yeah. It was and that's weird. why I like, see, I'm, I'm a sucker for like things that aren't, you know, like, it, like weird things like that. Like it, it departed away from, I feel like how some of, uh, Marvel stuff has been. And, um, it probably, yeah. it probably shouldn't have been this way, but I really, the, my favorite part of that movie was the relationship growing between him and Jane. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's that. And then, but then you also had like weird stuff like, um, you know, there, there were, uh, you know, the, the doctor running around Stonehenge naked, like, like there was just, we- it was a weird movie and that's what I love about it. I come back and you guys are talking about nudity. Yeah. Full frontal male oh, nudity. Sweet. Um, but, uh, I'm trying to think of the bad guy in that. I don't remember the character's name, but I know wasn't it, wasn't the little ship chick? lands in London. No, the the ship lands in London. Wasn't it like a like a female villain though? Mm. No, because it was the mm. guy who was the the ninth Doctor in Doctor Who, Eccleston. Christopher Eccleston played him. There's I, there's too much Doctor Who to be a fan of. That's true. <laughs> there's like thirteen Doctors now. Yeah, I Adam's on it. Yeah, hold on. Yeah, and I I don't know, but you had like the whole dark, but then you also had like on Earth like the anomalies like that was going. So I thought it was a, a cool like kind of bleeding of that 
of that Asgard kind of realms and all that into normal day to day life that I that I kind of liked. And you got to see Natalie Portman um, in uh, Asgard, which I know a lot of people weren't happy about. You know, so I enjoyed it. It kind of had the kind of the Hercules esque story, but Hercules got everything he wanted instead of having to choose. So, meh, it was all right. Y'all need to check it out. Melkith? Let me see. Oh, Melkith? oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, little, yeah, yeah, Malkith. Little elf. Yeah, little elf guy. Yeah, the, now the, I yeah. remember. Yeah, because... Uh, Malkith, he's, li- he, he yeah. is, he's literally a dark elf. Yeah, okay, got him. Yeah, I like the movie. Continue, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we touched on it, but Winter Soldier, very good movie. Yeah. That mm-hmm. came out uh, April of 2014. I liked its practicality, too. The thing I liked about that movie, and I've used this comparison multiple times, you could take the Marvel aspects out of it, and it would be a very solid spy thriller slash espionage type movie. Kind of like Rogue One, just a good war movie with a Star Wars backdrop. Something like that, yeah. Word. What? What? Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. What, I'm funny like I amuse you? Like ha ha. Not the, this is not the podcast for that. Uh, we'll we'll revisit Star Wars in a few months. Um, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. I'll just throw this out there. Funnest. My favorite Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. It's definitely up there. The, the largest the, departure from I feel like their yeah because well, recipe up to that point. No one knew who the hell the Guardians no. of the Galaxy were before I that did, movie. I didn't know no. who the hell they were. The only thing I knew of them. Before TBS Comics moved to their new location, they had a poster under their gaming table of Guardians, and we used to make fun of it all the time because Star-Lord just looked like a guy named Chad, just like a blonde guy in armor. We used to call it, we were like, what's that? Is that Chad? That's Chad. You don't know Chad? Funny enough, that's what the makers thought, too, of (laughs) Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, that's, I think, was the cool part, was all, you have these characters all come from different backgrounds. And they're binded together in this really awkward relationship. But it is. It's Star-Lord is like, wants to be a badass, but just no one quite takes him serious. No. You know? <laughs> and it's like everything that you would sit there and say, I could see this being the case for these characters, you know? And I think it's funny, and it's still my favorite thing, how I, I don't know if Rocket just projects his own like inner monologue onto Groot or if he's actually really communicating. Well, like, we, that's what I don't know. It, it's because I could see it both ways of it's almost like a way for Rocket to think things out, you know, because, you know, Rocket kind of thinks in an odd way and yeah. isn't really rational uh, or if he really can communicate with Groot. I feel like we got that answer in volume two because one of the credit scenes was teenage Groot with Star-Lord <laughs> and they were communicating as far as i can tell you know by the way i think baby group might be my favorite marvel character (laughs) i mean it was just how they're all very concerned about him too it's like hey buddy come here hold on we're about to go do this (laughs) uh it was awesome but no guardians when i found out about it i was like who in the world are the guardians of the galaxy i've never heard of this comic book before i read up about it and i'm like okay it's about a guy from earth and a, a trash panda. A, <laughs> it's a, so much worse. <laughs> a talking raccoon, a talking tree. I'm like, this is going to be awful. 
And it was one of the most fun movie experiences I've ever had because it reminded me a lot of the movies that I grew up watching. Those like those fun sci-fi movies that had like actual music and not just a score. Space Cowboys. Because the soundtrack to me, because you know it's on a cassette tape that Star Lord gets from his mom. The soundtrack is almost like its own character oh, in yeah. a way. Like that's how important. I didn't feel like it was as important in two as it was in the first one, but well, there, I actually had, a, was thinking about that in one. It's just a bunch of great songs from that time that his mom would have made it. That goes well with the movie, obviously in two. It's a theme. Yeah. It's just a theme of songs that deals strictly with the story and she would have made it closer to her death too. Yeah. So I think, I think they're both great in their own way. When I listened to the Volume 2 soundtrack, it was before the movie, I didn't like it as much, but after hearing the songs in the context of the movie, I actually really liked the soundtrack. I made that decision, too. I saw the soundtrack in Target, and and I almost snap-bought it before the movie came out. Like, no, you know what? I want to see the movie first. And now that I've seen the movie, like, I'll totally appreciate the soundtrack more. Yeah. And the other thing, uh, major thing for me as far as Guardians goes, when they cast uh, Batista as Drax... I knew who he was from the WWE, but I didn't know how he would do as an actor. He fit the role perfectly. It would not fly over my head. I I would would catch catch it it. with my fast reflexes. I am too tall. (laughs) Uh, Age of Ultron. To me, one of the most disappointing movies in the Marvel Universe. Although we do get quote-unquote Scarlet Witch. We get Scarlet Witch, but not Scarlet Witch. Same thing for Quicksilver, but not Quicksilver. (laughs) (laughs) adam's collecting his thoughts well i already said i was disappointed on ultron himself because i had a lot i had high hopes for it especially how how good avengers was you know and i think this marks for me an interesting point in iron man's character that i see spill into civil war Mm -hmm. of where he starts getting like i don't want to call it mopey but he gets like weird about. See, I would go the other like, way. He loses kind of some of his recklessness, almost his swagger. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, and and, and I mean, yeah, I get it. After all the events of is th- Iron Man three after it's no, before, before Ultron. Ultron. Yeah, it's after you Avengers. Know, so after Ultron. all that stuff, and I understand he he grows as a character and all that stuff. But I mean, then I just say I see it trickle down, and then Civil War was to me borderline unbearable but that's just me i was well we'll, i'll I'll hold my civil war stuff till we we, get till we get there because i have have a rant about it i don't know but it it was cool um i'll say some of the some of the cool things was obviously the hulkbuster um that was yeah was really cool having the um black panther um teased was the wakanda Wakanda tease was was really cool All I remember is from the Honest trailer. (laughs) It was just the Black Panther guy staring off camera in the distance. (laughs) And they quick cut all of his, like, inner, uh, all of his monologues where he's like, he sure enough is like staring intently off into the distance. (laughs) Or no, that's for Civil War, right? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I like that one. Whoever Um, puts together those things does an unbelievable job. uh, That was fun. But, uh, yeah, yeah. The, um, Shawarma. After the shawarma? 
That was the first one. That was yeah, the first that, one. Yeah, that was, that was the first one. We, we did, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, we, we glossed over uh, that one. But yeah, I'm... Best end credits. And I feel like Age of Ultron still had like the, oh, well, how are we going to be a group of superheroes working together? Because I don't trust you. You you went over my head. It, it, it was like, all right, we kind of did this in Avengers, and I thought we overcame it, but clearly we haven't, and I guess it's all set up to go into Civil War, but yeah, yeah. Eh, I miss. Yeah. Ant-Man. A miss that still... That's be, that, that still made them money. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. A, a, oh, yeah. a miss for Marvel isn't really a miss. It's just a, oh, well, we got to retry. Yeah. Yeah. After that, closing out phase two was Ant-Man, which I thought, I think is one of the more underrated Marvel movies because th- that was, I felt, kind of a turning point because a lot of people, I felt, were starting to get tired of what we call the Marvel formula. And Ant-Man kind of changed that by making it a little bit more lighter, had a high steam to it. I thought Paul Rudd was cast great as Scott Lang. was super excited for Paul Rudd in the MCU. Oh, yeah. I, I love Paul Rudd as an actor. Why does everything yeah. sound like a leprechaun? <laughs> the And I agree with you, Derek. I think a lot like the Guardians of the Galaxy was, it was different from Captain America, Iron Man, you know. They could be a little more there. looser with it. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, you had all the stuff with Hank Pym, so you kind of came in. I liked how he doesn't have a very great um, view of uh, Stark. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's just is kind of a fun, different aspect that you're broadening the, the world that they're in, you know. Which I'm not... That's another thing why Ultron wasn't my favorite is Hank Pym was supposed to create Ultron. Yeah. Not not Tony. But I get it. Like, you save Hank Pym for Ant-Man, I guess. But it would have been great to introduce him in Ultron. I don't think it would have mattered. I think you had done either and it would have been fine. I think they would have been okay with just mentioning him by name. Hmm. Like maybe Hank Pym created Ultron and then Stark um, makes yeah. some type of modifications yeah. that turns him evil. Yeah, totally. And then you actually introduce him like as a character in, in Ant Man. Because yeah. that, that that makes the most sense for him to uh who played the the Latino guy <laughs> in uh Ant Man. I don't know why that was funny. But I mean no, like he was a really funny oh, character. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, uh, I don't know. I can't remember his name. He was right. Scott Lang's partner. Yeah. But he he's was in, hilarious. He's in a lot of he's been in a lot of things. He was in that one um cop uh Was he in Chips? He's in Chips. He's okay. in Chips. Um but he was also in um God, what was that movie about the about the two police officers in LA. Uh Michael Pena. Yes. He's also in um The Martian. Oh yeah, he was in mm-hmm. The Martian. Yep. There were people besides Matt Damon in The Martian. Yeah. Yes. Huh. Jeff yeah. Daniels was in The Martian. Yeah. Uh, he didn't want to save Matt Damon. That he didn't like him. But anyway, uh, he was Jessica one of my Chastain. Yeah. Who's also an Interstellar? <laughs> which with I Matt thought was Damon. Which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> you but know, no. you know how people do the back to back the Kevin Bacon tree connecting tree. I feel like you just do that with Interstellar. Yeah. I do. Uh, okay, so for Michael Pena's The Martian, End of Watch was the one I was talking about. Fury, um, Collateral Beauty, uh, Shooter. Those are some of the movies he was in. I really liked his character yeah. in Ant-Man. I thought he was really funny. And he's going to be in the sequel, which is one of the more anticipated sequels. I should watch opinion. Ant-Man. It's should. really good. It's fun. And that's where we're going to end part one of the MCU Roundtable discussion. Be sure to come back next week 
for part two where we talk about some of the newer movies in the MCU like Doctor Strange and we go full spoilers on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. But until then, you can check out past episodes of this show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Just search for The Derek Diamond Experience. You can also follow me on social media. I'm on Facebook. On Twitter, the show page is at D Diamond Podcast. My personal page is at Derek underscore Diamond. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, just search for at D Diamond Podcast. Instagram's been a lot of fun. I post a 60-second preview of the podcast, other random photos as well. Instagram's a lot of fun. And I believe that does it. So enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and we'll see you guys back here next Tuesday. Are you looking for new original music? If so, you should check out my close friends, the Unicorn Wranglers. The Unicorn Wranglers are very important to this podcast. They're a local indie rock band based right here in Pensacola, Florida, and they supply the theme music that you hear at the beginning and end of each episode. And the song you heard today is D-Rock from their upcoming album, Thunder Snow, which will be out very, very soon. But you can check out some of their past music on Bandcamp. Just go over to Bandcamp.com and search for the Unicorn Wranglers. And you can find Murder Mystery Night, 95 Flannel, and their EP Atomics for free. That's my favorite four-letter word, free. You can also follow them on social media. They're on Twitter and Instagram at Wranglers. Search for the Unicorn Wranglers on Facebook. And finally, be sure to check out their website, unicornwranglers.com.